Inside Track on Real Estate with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. Get the Inside Track, everything you need to know about buying and selling in the greater Ottawa area. The Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. Wow. How to thrive in an ever-changing rental market is the topic of our show today. I'm Ken Decker. I'm Ryan Decker. And what we've decided is that there's been a number of changes in the, in the Tenant Act. Yep. And there's been a number of changes in the market in Ottawa as far as um, how much rental property is available. It's a very hot market for mm. landlords, very tough for tenants. tenants. So... What are some of the major changes? I think. Uh, well, and there's also some legal changes coming through in the oh, government. Oh, yeah. With the. With marijuana. marijuana. And that's going to affect tenants as well and landlords. So they've already preemptively made the rule changes for when that uh, comes through. Okay. So one of the biggest questions I get from tenants, mm-hmm. or is, and tenants from landlords are, yeah. both, is how much can they raise the rent? Right. And one of the changes that they've done, there used to be some caveats that there were certain types of properties that were exempt from the rental uh, cap of increasing. So you could increase it to rental markets. At any time. At any time. Yes. Once a year. Yes. And now those are gone. They've taken away those allowances. And so all properties now are subject to the rental Cap increase cap, yep. And for 2019, that's 1.8 percent. Okay, now sometimes landlords say, Well, it's only 1.8 percent, I'm not going to increase it. Mm -hmm. That might be a mistake. First of all, they go, Well, they're a good tenant, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't want to increase it because they might leave. Mm -hmm. Understanding that the rental market's gone up significantly in the last year, the odds of you increasing at 1.8 percent and them leaving are very slim very very slim because they're probably going to have to go out and spend a hundred dollars a month more at another property and if they did leave because of that you'd be able to increase your rent even higher than that 1.8 percent and probably get an equivalent or better tenant yeah so so as soon as the tenant moves Mm -hmm. you're open to put your rental up at market rent yes so what we're saying is the increase cap is only if your tenant stays. Mm-hmm. If it's a new tenant, it's a new rent. You don't have to stick to the old rent. Right. And the same rule applies. You're allowed to increase the rent once per year. And what we've found is when we go to sell investment properties for people, sometimes they haven't been doing the increases, mm-hmm. and so they're far below market rent. Mm-hmm. That makes it very difficult to sell that property because there's rules in effect like sell it to another investor because there's rules in effect that landlords can't kick out their tenants. Mm-hmm. And so unless you're going to owner-occupy it, that really limits who we can sell a, a investment property to. Does that make sense? Makes sense. So what are some of the ways we could get around that? Get around the market? <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> no, we that's can't get what around we the law. Show. We can't get around the law Although I did have a landlord say to me the other day, I'm going to bribe my, bribe's a nice word, but I'm going to pay them a certain amount of money to leave if they'd like to. Mm-hmm. 
So in other words, he's not evicting them. Mm-hmm. He's saying here's he's rewarding them. Here's two three months rent, whatever. Um, would you like to go find somewhere else to live? This is a bonus mm-hmm. for ending your tenancy. Now they can choose to stay or they can choose to leave. What he figures is if they choose to leave because he's significantly under market, he's going to recoup that three months rent very quickly by bringing mm-hmm. a new tenant at the higher rent. And he's also going to increase his saleable value. Absolutely. That's really right. increases saleable value because it's a factor of the amount of income that a property's mm-hmm. receiving. Exactly. Awesome. So we talked a little bit at the beginning that it's a hot market. Yes. And what we mean by that is there's not a ton for rent right now and there's a lot of people wanting to rent. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes very easy for a landlord. You know, they put their house up for rent and they get 30 applicants. They pick their favorite three. They do credit checks and then they choose their final candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, I wouldn't actually do credit checks on three all at the same time. I would start with one, my favorite. And if he's great, then I'd take him. I wouldn't waste my money and time. Yeah, and more and more landlords are requiring the tenant to bring their credit check. And then the one they want to verify, they run another check on them. Okay. So that it's not a high cost to filter through people. Also, the credit application generally will show like where they're working, how much money they're making, and um, who their references are. Mm -hmm. And that can help filter who you might want to yeah. Rent to. So there's, because it's hot, the landlords can ask for more from the potential tenants. More like in what way? Meaning they could ask, because in the past, you wouldn't normally, that wasn't the common, to ask for the tenant to do their own credit check. Oh, yes. Right? But now because it's so hot, there's certain things a landlord can be entitled to because, it, you know. Yeah, and it's good know, for a tenant to do it, actually, a, mm-hmm. a, a prospective tenant, because if the landlord rejects them and they go to another place and the landlord does another credit check and they get rejected it starts showing up on their bureau mm-hmm. whereas if the you can do your own credit check for free mm-hmm. on your own self and it doesn't affect your credit bureau that there's been an inquiry so it's good and then they can actually pass that along with the application and if you really want to get as a tenant, if you're listening to the show and you're going, well, they're telling all the things for the landlord, well, let's give a couple gems for the tenant. Okay. As if you can come prepared with your application with letters from your employer, uh, verifying your employment, verifying how long you've worked there, that you're either permanent or mm-hmm. whether it's contract or whatever, so that you've got that, be prepared to present the best case Now, for some tenants, your credit might be bruised, right? You might have poor credit. Mm -hmm. And we've had cases where, you know, a person goes through a divorce, their credit's bruised during the divorce. Now they're on their own. They've got a good job, Mm -hmm. but they're having a heck of a time trying to get a landlord to accept them because the landlords basically have the pick of the litter, so to Mm -hmm. speak. So they're picking the, the best credit bureaus. So I've come up with a couple ideas for um, for tenants to suggest because many times they say, well, I'll give you a three-month deposit or I'll give you a, pay you a year up front because they've got a settlement from their divorce now. Mm-hmm. They've got money and they just don't have credit or good credit. Um, so there are ways because, unfortunately, the landlord 
can accept your one-year payment in advance. But if you go to the rental tribunal and you say, hey, I gave him a year's advance, but I really only wanted to give him one month's uh, deposit, mm -hmm. the tribunal will force the landlord to pay all that money back. So it's mm -hmm. dangerous for a landlord to do that. Now, I haven't verified this with the rental tribunal, so <laughs> I might get in trouble here, folks. So if you think of doing this, you might want to just check first. Mm -hmm. But my idea is, when I rented my first commercial lease space, I had no history, that was 15 years ago, and no history of my ability to pay rent, mm -hmm. other than you know my personal covenant, but no commercial uh, history. Mm -hmm. And they didn't want to rent to me with just one month's rental payment in the bank, kind of, so to speak. So what they did was they had me give a letter of credit. So I go to the bank, and in that case, it was $50,000. I put $50,000 in a GIC at the bank that I can never touch because the bank issues a letter of credit to the landlord mm -hmm. saying if he defaults on his rent, you can take the payment from the $50,000. So each payment would come out of the $50,000 if I hadn't paid on time. Mm -hmm. That protects the landlord, but the tenant still has the money and I get the interest off of the GIC because it's my money. I just can't cash the GIC until that agreement is done. So that might be a way if people have a lot of money, they can do that. Cool. So another thing that we've been finding is we had this family that uh, was a refugee family coming over to Canada. Mm -hmm. And obviously they have no credit history in Canada. They right. have no credit. Um, you know, financially, they're probably getting some support to be here. So mm -hmm. it's a matter of you know, what landlord is going to want to take that responsibility. And so the people who were sponsoring them to come over to Canada decided that they were willing to co-sign. Mm -hmm. And so because they were willing to co-sign, the landlord was excited to be able to help, you know, these refugees come into Canada and find a great place to stay, which is their unit, mm -hmm. and um, but still have the security of if something goes wrong, it's covered for by their co-signer, who's a Canadian with great credit. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful story, actually. I think we should, we should expand on that story. Okay. Because that client of ours was actually, the landlord was our client mm -hmm. and the... The person tenant looking was our client, yeah, or the tenant's sponsor. The, was our, the, was the, our the refugee sponsor was our yes. client. Yeah. Yes, yes, um, and we didn't know that match was going to be made when I started working with the investor, and the investor had she was a single mom, never invested before, but really wanted to, and and many times got to sort of the edge of the precipice or the cliff so to speak and didn't want to jump off didn't feel prepared got concerned that she wouldn't know what to do mm -hmm. all the worries the negative chatter all of that went running in her head even though she had been pre-approved by the mortgage broker to buy an investment uh, then she came and saw yours truly I walked her through it she read my book the wealth formula which and if you haven't read it, just side note, read it. If you don't have a copy of it, call us or email us and we'll get you a copy because it's life-changing. And uh, it was for her as well. Mm -hmm. Sorry, continue. 
Thanks. <laughs> and you can get it on Kindle, too, if you want. Awesome. You can come and get it at one of our offices, or you can get it on Kindle. And then after a consultation, a free consultation, I, I taught her different methods, why investing was an, a valuable asset to her for building wealth. She wanted to build wealth for her children. Mm-hmm. And she finally decided, hey, you know what? Okay, Ken, if you'll walk me through all the steps... Then I'll do it, knees knocking, teeth chattering. I'll do it with you. And I said, okay, let's let's walk this path. And if you decide not to buy, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. But let's walk the path. And we started seeing some properties, and it's a hot seller's market, also for the kind of that three hundred range. It's mm-hmm. where she wanted to buy her investment property, and it's very hot. We went to see three properties. One was. Uh, no go. We did not want to buy it. Two, we wanted to buy. Both of them had multiple offers on them. So a property came up that I felt was very strong. We went and saw it right away, put in an offer. She got it. Now, the closing was about two months long. That was quicker than that. Maybe it was a little quicker. Okay, Somewhere quick. around there. Yeah. It was fairly quick. But what I got was authorization to show the property mm-hmm. and well, not really show it, but put it on the market and use their pictures. Mm-hmm. So I was able to use the, the seller's pictures because the property was vacant. We got it on the market and we rented it actually without even Sight showing. Unseen. Yeah, I think, I think your client actually looked in the windows. Yes, we did go creep the windows. <laughs> so the property was vacant. It was vacant, and we had set showings um, for the next Monday. And uh, I called up my client and said, so we've got this great rental property coming up. Um, basically, we want to get you in there, but then you'll have to see it with everyone else. And then there's probably going to be lots of offers and rent to go through. So do you want to get in there? Or I can't get you in, but you want to see it. He yeah. said, yes. So we went. He looked through the windows. He decided, yes, this is something that would work. Let's rent it. So we did the application that night, and we had it rented. Um, so before, so it was purchased, but it hadn't closed yet. Right. It hadn't been seen yet, but it was rented. Mm-hmm. And it was rented for um, their re- desired rent. Yeah, and, and we actually set the rent probably $50 below market. Mm-hmm. Which is something we sometimes do. To attract the best tenant. The best tenant. Now, in this market now, because it's still getting hotter and hotter since the story happened, that may not be necessary to get the best tenant. You could probably put it at market rent. Right. And still get the best tenant. So um, what happened then was she closed on the property Mm -hmm. a few days, well, a few weeks later. And the lease started within about a week of... Her closing. She had time to clean and then it was move-in day. <laughs> That's it. Which is awesome for a landlord. Mm-hmm. What better thing than know that you can buy a property and rent it mm-hmm. before you close on it and they move in slightly after you close on it so you don't have that period where you start looking for a tenant after you've already closed on it. You might right. have a month or two vacancy. And that's costs something money. we've done for our clients for many years now is mm-hmm. making sure that we get a tenant before it even closes. And that's been something we were able to do even when the market wasn't as strong. Right. We had techniques and things in order to do that. Mm-hmm. And now that it's strong, it just it's a no-brainer. Right. 
And the other thing that's changed in the ever-changing rental market is mm. the Ontario government has set a new policy because landlords were creating their own leases and they were creating things that were pretty tough. There was fine print in there that the, the tenants maybe didn't know about. Uh, still within the law, but still maybe stricter. strict. And so they decided that you must only use the Ontario lease. It's a standard form. You can get it online. You can download it as a as a fillable form or just a PDF that you hand write in. So whether you're using a real estate agent to find a tenant or you're doing it yourself, it's mandatory. And if you're a tenant, it's mandatory that this standard form is used. Now what? Not right now. Yes, it is. Already or already in October? Yeah, no, it was okay. like April, okay. uh, April of this year. Um, but what not everyone understands is you can attach a schedule mm-hmm. to that lease. Now you can't contract outside of the law, and you can still put some more stipulations in there. One of the things we like to talk about is the law is changing around marijuana. Mm-hmm. And some people, some tenants think, well, if I have a prescription for marijuana, I should be allowed to smoke in my unit, my rental unit. That's not a given. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we're allowed to grow a certain number of plants, so yes. I should be able to grow my plants in my house. Not if you're a tenant. If it's been put in the lease... That you can't. That you can't. You and, can't. And the re- yeah, the reason is that type of plant requires higher moisture, higher heat, more light. So you're going to be burning more energy and there's more opportunity for mold to grow in the person's home. Even if it's only, I think the law is what, three plants or two plants? I don't know. I haven't checked it because I'm not going to grow any. Um, but um, But it's harder on the house. So you can put a clause in your Schedule A to your lease that they may not smoke in the property, that they may not smoke marijuana in the property, that they may not grow marijuana on the property, and that way protect your investment. Yeah. yeah. And back in the day, you could always put no smoking, but it wasn't really enforceable. Mm-hmm. And based on the new rules, it sounds like it is enforceable. Yeah. The standard lease has a checkbox, uh, smoking allowed or smoking not allowed. Mm-hmm. And you can, as a landlord, if the tenant does smoke in your in your property, uh, you know you can't really interfere with their quiet enjoyment. And I love that word, quiet enjoyment, because people think, well, that means you can't be noisy on the outside or you know bother their noise level. It's not about that. It's about quiet enjoyment means not being interfered with. Now that doesn't mean you can't go and service the furnace you know, once or twice a year or check the smoke alarms once a year. But you can't be going to the property every week or every couple of days and bothering the enjoyment mm-hmm. of your tenant. That's what quiet enjoyment means. So you can put some laws in. Same thing with pets. Clauses. Pets, yeah, not laws. Clause. Clauses. Thank you. Um, you. Pets are tougher. Mm-hmm. You can stipulate no pets. Mm-hmm. or pet-free home. And a lot of tenants now ask, is this a pet-friendly house? Because they know they get turned down frequently um, depending on the type of pet. Now, if they say they don't have any pets, they move in and they get a pet, what can the landlord do? 
So usually um, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they can do nothing. <laughs> they can do nothing. Now the exception to that is condominiums. Mm -hmm. Many condominiums have a size limit or a breed limit of dogs mm -hmm. or that kind of thing or a quantity limit. And if the condominium has in their in their condominium rules and regs a limit on the number of pets or the type of pets then that's enforceable because it's not part of the, the lease. Tenants. It's part of the uh, condominium right. Right. agreement. So you can put those rules right into your lease mm -hmm. and reference that it's a condominium rule and the tenant must apply to that or they can be evicted. Right. And I was actually in a condo the other day that had no smoking at all inside the building mm -hmm. of any kind. I mean, any unit, doesn't matter. You cannot smoke in that building. Um, and that's part of the condo covenants. Um, and so that's a little more strong than if it's in a lease. Like you just, you just can't. Yeah. And I think it's important because I don't know if you've ever walked through apartment buildings where people are renting, like if it's an apartment building, mm -hmm. even if they have kind of their own airflow or whatever, it seems like you can smell the cooking. You can smell if someone's smoking in their unit mm -hmm. in the hallway. Sometimes the, these scents will move, right? And, um, having smelt marijuana before, it's a it's a pretty pungent smell, and it sticks to things. So, um, you, as a landlord, you really don't want someone doing that in your in mm -hmm. your unit. And then another thing that uh, with pets, I'm going to jump back a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, you can't carry a deposit. You're not allowed to do that. Saying, hey, well, you're allowed though. Sorry, last month's deposit, but you're not allowed more than that. No damage deposit. No damage deposit. Because the last deposit. months get used up in the last yeah, month, so unfortunately. it's gone. Um, however, you can put in your lease saying that if there is damages, that it'll be paid for by the tenant um, after they move out or upon whatever, leaving. Um, and so what you do to ensure that that's okay is you go through the unit with your tenant or your manager goes through it with the tenant and they mm -hmm. take photos of any current damage that the tenant sees. Mm -hmm. So you say, you know, what do you see? How does this look? Let's take pictures of it. And then when they move out, you go through it with them and say, hey, there's damage here, here, here. We look back at the photos. That damage was not there. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to need to remediate this or pay for it. Yep. Um, and there's nothing you can do necessarily to hold capital, but you can definitely go and go to small claims court or most tenants in my case have been really great and they're willing to honor their word. Yeah, because... Sometimes, you know, I've been in houses where you see where the cat pulled the carpet up mm -hmm. by the door or whatever, or, you know, they've stained it or they, um, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Dogs um, premature and scratching hardwood and that kind of thing. Now, there are ways of putting rubber boots on dogs so that, or clipping nails so that they don't scratch the hardwood. Uh, but if you have a dog in your tenant, you may want to find a property mm -hmm. that's got laminate flooring that's more durable against that kind of scratching. Mm -hmm. Well, and I had a house I was in actually yesterday um, for sale, and she's like, I have three dogs, they're very hyper. And I was like, oh, no, the, the flooring's going to be destroyed. And mm -hmm. I went in, and she had these lovely little mats all over for the dogs on the hardwood. And I lifted them up, and there's no scratching on her hardwood at all because the dogs have traction on the mats, and they're not slipping on the part that is exposed. Um, and so it's... It's beautiful. It's like she doesn't have dogs. Huh. And um, so you can protect it from your dogs by, like you said, clipping nails 
or putting mats where you know that they're going to run mm -hmm. and try and accelerate. Yep. No, uh, you could even put in a lease, I believe, that um, the, if they're going to put a pet in there, that the ducting will be cleaned mm -hmm. um, by, the la by the landlord after, and it's a certain amount of money to do that or whatever, mm -hmm. because they do give off dander, they give off hair, and, mm -hmm. and it is gets in the duct work. And so that can be, uh, can be then, an issue for your next tenant who maybe right. has allergies. Yeah, or sensitive to dander. And mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, what other changes so in the market? I want to just slide because we said how to thrive in an ever-changing rental market. Yes. Right? And so one of the things you should be doing as a landlord or someone who's wanting to get in is knowing where to look. Knowing where to research. Oh, how do you find these oh. changes? Where do you find the forms? Oh, okay. Where do you find you know this new uh, lease? Mm -hmm. Where is it? Mm -hmm. So if you Google... Dr. Google is awesome. <laughs> if, if you Google Rental Tribunal Ontario, uh, you'll find an Ontario website. The lease is there. If you type in Ontario lease, Ontario lease, um, you may find some ads for different companies that want to sell you something. Don't click on those. You'll see the one that says dot .org, dot on, dot .org or something like that. And that website is the government website and you'll get the actual forms mm -hmm. there. That's where you get the forms if you're going to uh, evict a tenant, if the tenant wants to leave, if you're going to increase the rent, if you're going to use the property for own personal use or family member's use. Um, those forms are available there. Uh, they're downloadable. Fill them out. Now, the other change is you didn't used to have to register them with the tribunal. Mm -hmm. Now, if you give a form to your tenant, you must also register a copy with the rental tribunal because then if there's ever a conflict, the tenant doesn't agree or you don't agree with the tenant and you go to the tribunal, if you haven't registered it, they just void it and you have to start all over. All the time frames start right mm. from scratch. So know the policies and the way it has to be done and you'll be protected. Mm -hmm. If you stay... Um, and ignore those policies, then the tenant will have excess rights over top of the landlord that really you don't want them to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is if you, you know, it's great to research it. If you're thinking of renting a property, if you've got an investment property or you're thinking of buying an investment property, this is something that we love, we thrive on, we enjoy. Mm -hmm helping investors, helping landlords, even helping tenants sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but generally, we help our investors find tenants, and then we vet them. In other words, we do the credit check. We'll explain what a credit check means, what the R1s are, R2s, R3s, mm -hmm. R4s, and the different letters and numbers on a credit bureau that if you've never seen one, might really confuse you. And it's fairly simple to explain as we go along and walk you through that process. That's the biggest thing. People build wealth. I've never heard of, you know, sometimes you hear the horror story where somebody's rented and that tenant's damaged their property or not paid or whatever. It's happened to me once in a while. And people go, oh, poor you, poor landlord. But if someone comes to you, Ryan, and they said, oh, I've got... 12 apartments that I rent out. Mm -hmm. Are you going to go, 
poor landlord or are you going to say, wow, that guy or that gal's mm -hmm. building wealth like crazy? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so even in the Bible, the Bible says if you we're to be lenders, we're to be not borrowers, we're to be the people that own the land. So give us a call if you'd like us to walk you through that process. We'd love to do that. Whether you end up buying or not yep. is irrelevant because we know that as we serve, we'll be looked after. So give us a call at 613-860-4663.